That's just a little bit of what I think is a really representative piece by composer Joseph Schwantner. We have an excerpt of the third movement of the percussion concerto. It's Christopher Lamb on percussion and the Nashville Symphony with Giancarlo Guerrero. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. Very honored today to have as my guest composer Joseph Schwantner, somebody that I would say is definitely one of the great American composers in the 20th and 21st centuries. He has won the Pulitzer Prize and a lot of other awards. He writes mainly large-scale pieces, orchestral pieces. He has an incredible ear for color, a real interest in timbre, timbral shadings, and propulsive rhythms. Joe, thanks so much for being my guest today on Relevant Tones. Well, thanks. Delighted to see you. Let's talk about your piece, Aftertones of Infinity. This, of course, is the great orchestral work for which you won the Pulitzer Prize, and people have talked a lot about your use of timbre, rhythm, all the different things that are going on musically, but I was curious to read that it's inspired, at least in part, by a poem that you wrote yourself. Tell me about that. Uh, Throughout my life, as a young boy, I used to write poetry. In fact, when I was very, very young, I won a poetry contest. and At one point, I thought I might be a poet, but then uh, music... The poetics of music took over, <laughs> and uh, but poetry and poetic images have always played an important inspirational role, a kind of wellspring as a kind of creative generator in my work, whether it's been my own poetry. I'm a kind of crypto poet. I'm not a published poet, but uh, whether it's my own work or poets of others, I've used uh, the kind of resources as uh, a kind of trigger to suggest musical analogs very often in the piece. Uh, doesn't mean the pieces are explicitly programmatic, and sometimes others are not aware that there might be a, the backdrop of, of poetry in my work. But it's a way for me to, um, to have music, in a sense, fall out of the clouds in resonance with these images that are invoked when you do read poetry. And so I have lots of poets that I, I greatly admire, like Thoreau and, well, many, many others, hundreds actually, and the uh, poetry of Issa, for example, Japanese poet in the 18th century. And so I've used these as kind of compositional uh, support, actually, for my music. And there's actually a, um, an original poem in the score of Aftertones of Infinity that I felt uh, emboldened to actually include that would provide uh, um, a kind of poetic program note, actually, to any musicians looking at the music. That's great. And so the poem is really kind of a a basis for the music. But what about the timbres and textures of the music? Where does that come from? Well, you have to understand, uh, as a young boy, I studied the guitar, uh, loved the instrument. And when I practiced, I I used to practice with my head leaning on the sound body. And when you hear, we all know what the guitar sounds like, but when you actually put your ear to the, a large resonating body, there's these extraordinary resonances that are contained within that sound that dissipate very quickly once the sound gets on the other side of the, the open hole. You never hear those. But it's as though I had climbed inside the instrument. And I was young and studying the instrument, but I love that. I love the color. I love the timbre. I love the different kinds of resonances that were, it seemed to be that was, it was in a different world, you know, that only I, you know, with a very intimate relationship with this instrument, seemed to, that those sounds were revealed to me. And I think that stuck with me. And if you look at a lot of my music, it's often very sharply articulated gestures and ideas, and then they're allowed to kind of hang in the air. And I really attribute to that early experience as a student who just 
reveled in the sonorous aspect of an instrument that was a very private world that only I had <laughs> because of the way that I, I would study. I mean, I didn't only play that way, but I love that part of it as I, as I remember, you know, I, you know, to this day. Well, sir, how these two ideas come together in this piece, a poem that the composer wrote himself to give himself a kind of underpinning for the music, and then this idea of a young boy putting his head inside the guitar and creating this personal universe of sounds, and now as a grown-up composer trying to recreate that sound world with the orchestra. Let's have a listen. This is Aftertones of Infinity. We're going to hear the Juilliard Orchestra, Leonard Slatkin conducting.
That was the piece Aftertones of Infinity by composer Joseph Schwantner. We heard Leonard Slatkin conducting the Juilliard Orchestra. A great piece, and Joseph Schwantner is my guest today on Relevant Tones. We heard him talking a little bit before we heard the music about how the poem that he wrote for that is actually in the score, and it provides this wonderful basis for all of those colors that we heard in the orchestra. And then also this idea that when he was a young guitar student, he would put his head as close to the guitar as he could and create this resonant environment for those sounds to ring in. And now here he is trying to recreate that, but with an orchestra instead of a guitar. After Tones of Infinity, that's the piece for which Schwantner won the Pulitzer Prize in 1979. And the next piece I want to talk about is a piece for a very famous organ in Dallas. Joe, tell me how this piece came about, September Canticle. For many years, the Dallas Symphony had a biannual organ competition that involved um, their wonderful organ called the Lay Family Organ, the Lay Potato Chip Company, uh, donated funds for this extraordinary instrument in Dallas uh, in the Meyerson Symphony Hall. It contains some 5,000 pipes, and uh, the hall, it, it just fits the organ beautifully. It was really designed around that. And it's one of the most extraordinary beasts <laughs> on the planet. It's, it's quite some instrument. And the competition that they had would bring in uh, superlative players from all over the world. And the winning organist then would get an opportunity to play on subscription concerts with the orchestra, as well as the opportunity to play a new piece that was commissioned for, explicitly for uh, the winning uh, organist. So I had this commission. I began working on a a kind of major work for organ uh, for that particular instrument and the Dallas Symphony. And I was well in into the piece. And then 9-11 happened. And I realized that um, I just couldn't go any further with that piece. And so I backtracked and then began to think about what I wanted to write uh, as a way of dedication for that horrific event uh, then with the same combination of instruments, organ, brass, percussion, and strings, and that led to September Canicle. I think the beginning of this piece is so remarkable. We're going to hear high strings in D-flat, and then we're going to hear the rest of the orchestra come in on a D pedal. It's a half tone away, so it's going to provide this incredible, uneasy feeling. And then the strings begin to fall. They begin to come down in a chain of suspensions that represent the fall of the towers. Let's have a listen. This is an excerpt, September Canticle by Joseph Schwantner, written for the Lay Family Organ, this incredible instrument. We're going to hear Andrew Lytton conducting the Dallas Symphony, and this is James Diaz playing that incredible organ, music by Joseph Schwantner.
That's such powerful music. I wish we could play the whole piece, but that's an excerpt of September Canticle. This is a piece that was commissioned by the Dallas Symphony for their incredible organ they have in the Meyerson Symphony Hall. And composer Joseph Schwantner was well at work on it when 9-11 happened, and it caused him to really reevaluate the piece and, and, and go into a completely different direction. I think it's an incredibly effective piece of music. We heard Andrew Litton conducting the Dallas Symphony, and our organ soloist was James Diaz. You are listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. On today's program, my guest is acclaimed composer Joseph Schwantner, a Pulitzer Prize winner and a prolific composer of orchestral music, wind ensemble music, and so much more. You can find out more information on Facebook or on our website at relevanttones.com. Let's turn now to a piece for large wind ensemble. This is called And the Mountains Rising Nowhere. We heard Joe talking about the importance of poetry in a lot of his work. And here, the piece is inspired by a poem by Carol Adler, which I'm going to read because it's very short. Arioso, bells, sepia, moonbeams, an afternoon sun blanked by rain, and the mountains rising nowhere. The sound returns, the sound and the silence chimes. I think you can really hear how that poem would inspire a composer. There's a lot of musical references in there, a lot of things that you can do, interesting ways that you can use silence. One of the things that Joe does is he has the musicians singing and whistling in addition to playing their instruments. Let's have a listen. This is the Northwestern University Symphonic Wind Ensemble, Mallory Thompson conducting.
That was Mallory Thompson conducting the Northwestern University Symphonic Wind Ensemble in music by Joseph Schwantner and the Mountains Rising Nowhere. The piece for Wind Ensemble is inspired by a poem, as so much of his music is inspired by poetry. Joseph Schwantner is my guest today on Relevant Tones. Joe, let's talk about this percussion concerto with which we opened the program today. We're going to return now to that third movement and feature the whole thing. To my ear, it sounds like there are a lot of repeated patterns and textures. Those patterns, in fact, are constantly changing as they unfold in a kind of hopefully dramatic way in a series of, of large arched phrases that, that have a sense of progression and, and forward momentum. If you have a pattern that is repeated and might seem to be static, then issues other than pitch and rhythm come into play. Well, that's fair game for a composer who likes to deal with the orchestra in sonoric and timbral, timbral ways. And so there may be uh, the notion of a kind of timbral progression and a momentum created by changes of color, even though, in fact, you have a collection of pitches that seem to continually um, spill over on themselves. And in fact, that's what exactly happens. One's attention then is in turn, is turned to not just the patterns themselves, but other aspects of, of, the, um, of the orchestration and of the music that you pay attention to, you know. If you, had a, if you had a musical texture where the, there's a clear melody, that takes predominance in a kind of foreground, right? But on the other hand, if you have a, a pattern of articulation that moves with some rapidity and uh, has a certain static quality, then one's attention is often turned to other details. Well, that was by design. It wasn't by accident. So. Okay, well, let's have a listen. This is the third movement of the Percussion Concerto by Joseph Schwantner. We are going to hear the Nashville Symphony Orchestra, Giancarlo Guerrero conducting, and our soloist is Christopher Lamb, for whom it was written.
That's the very gifted percussionist Christopher Lamb performing the Percussion Concerto by Joseph Schwantner. We heard the third movement, and he was performing with the Nashville Symphony Orchestra, Giancarlo Guerrero conducting. An incredible piece. I like to think about that huge array of percussion that's necessary just for that one movement. Imagine with all the other movements, too, what's going on. Music by Joseph Schwantner, who has been my guest today on Relevant Tones. Joseph Schwantner is a Pulitzer Prize-winning composer, a very influential composer, somebody that's really at the top tier in the musical world, and one of the great composers of our century, somebody that I admire very, very much. Joe, thank you so much for being a guest today on Relevant Tones. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you very much. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders, with special thanks to Claire Fosnacht. For more information about the program and the artists we've featured, you can find us on Facebook, and you can hear this and all previous programs at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is brought to you in part by the generous support of Grovner Capital Management LP, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.